you've ever listened to somebody pray who is an overcomer, um, it is an amazing thing to hear and behold. The faith by which people pray and the confidence and the boldness and God works and he moves and he overcomes in situations and I've seen God uh, change people's hearts. I've seen God uh, set people free from, from illness. Uh, God is able to answer and to help us to overcome. Uh, sometimes we're dealing with enemies, and uh, the greatest enemy, of course, uh, is the devil. And uh, the scripture says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so, uh, there is uh, an opposition that comes from the evil one. Now, he'll use people to do that sometimes. But the main opposition is the enemy himself. Well, how do we overcome? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Uh, and, and we need to understand how to overcome in the Christian life so that we can defeat the opposition of the evil one. Because I'm going to tell you something. The evil one is after you. If you're a Christian, if you know Christ, he wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your family, your kids, your grandkids, whatever the case may be. He wants to destroy this church. Did you know that? He hates what this church represents and the fact that we reach out to people with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we need to understand how to overcome so that we can come against the opposition that is there. And uh, this scripture today uh, teaches us one of the ways that we can overcome and a number of things that we need to understand about overcoming by faith. Peter and John have healed a man. He was lame from his birth. And they heal him at the temple gate. And then the opposition comes against them. Why? Because they're speaking in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus draws opposition. Have you ever noticed that? More than any other religion, more than any other situation, the name of Jesus draws opposition in this world. And here it draws opposition from the religious leaders. There are even religious leaders today who will oppose the truth of God's Word. But uh, Peter and John... When they were warned by them not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus, they said, look, we, we can't help uh, but speak of these things which we've seen and heard. Uh, and, and they said, you judge for yourselves. Is it right for us to obey you or to obey God? We will speak in the name of Jesus. And so they took a stand. They took a stand at great personal risk. Because the Sanhedrin was a group that had great power in Israel. They were the government of Israel, uh, aside from the Romans. They could do anything but put somebody to death. And when they arrayed themselves against these disciples, it was, would have been intimidating indeed, but they were filled with the Spirit, and they were able to stand against this opposition. And so we're picking up, they have been warned and threatened by the religious leaders, and we're picking up 
now in the story at about that place, and we're going to see what they did in response to these threats. Uh, so we need to overcome by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the title of my message is Overcoming by Faith. And let's look at this verse, um, this scripture here in verse 18. Uh, it says, So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over what had been done. For this sign of healing had been performed on a man over 40 years old. After they were released, they went to their own people and reported everything the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together to God and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. You said, through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, your servant, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers assemble together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Overcoming by faith. How? Well, we need to remember, first of all, that God leads us. God leads us. Now, we didn't read these verses, but in chapter 3 and verses 6 and 7, Uh, Peter says to the lame man, what I have, I give to you. Jesus Christ had laid upon his heart to heal this man and to speak this this word to him, and he was gloriously healed. But Peter couldn't have done that without the Lord's leadership and empowerment. And God led him to do it at just the right time, at just the right place, in just the right way, so that God's purposes could be fulfilled. And the result of it was that the religious leaders could not do what they wanted to do to these two men because all of the people had seen this miracle and were praising God about what had been done uh, and that they couldn't speak, uh, ultimately uh, take action against these men because of what had happened in the way it had happened due to God's specific leadership. Now, sometimes... God does not deliver us from persecution. Sometimes he allows us to go through persecution for his purpose. Um, There are a number of cases uh, in Scripture uh, about this very thing. Uh, But even in those times when God allows persecution, God uses it for his purpose and his glory in the kingdom of God, to further the kingdom of God. God is sovereign over those things, and he leads his people 
in the specific ways that they need to be led. Uh, there are cases where uh, God's people have fled before persecution came. But then there are other cases where persecution comes unexpectedly, but God's will and purpose are done. I think about the Apostle Paul, stoned and left for dead. And uh, he gets up and he goes to some, the home of some believers there and then departs by night and goes to another place. Um, you say, well, what possible good could come from that? Well, number one, we follow in our master's footsteps. If they hated me, Jesus said, they will hate you. And so uh, Jesus said, rejoice when they revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who are before you. So, persecution lays up treasure in heaven for us and rewards and blessing for us in heaven. Um, if we are put to death for the name of Jesus, we're promoted. <laughs> we get a glorified body. We are with the Lord Jesus Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, and there's no sorrow or crying or pain or heartache evermore. Uh, so, and if we escape persecution, it's because God's not finished with us yet. You know, I believe that you're indestructible until God's finished with you. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and stand on Clinch Avenue and, and, uh, and, and dare a Mack truck to hit me. But what it does mean is that I can rest in the fact that if God still has a purpose for me, then His protection will be upon me to fulfill that purpose. Uh, and I can trust in the fact that God is leading me. God has led us through his word. Can I tell you something? One of the best things you can do is follow God's leadership in his word. Uh, it will bless your life. It will, it will grow you spiritually. It will teach you how to walk in close fellowship with God and know the joy of the Lord and the peace that passes understanding. Following the Holy Spirit is a great thing. As you share with another person, God can use you greatly to speak into their lives. But as you are dealing with opposition, so important, listen to God. Listen to God. Follow his leadership in the situation because he has perfect knowledge of it, perfect knowledge of the person you're speaking with or, or dealing with, and knows exactly what to do. Perfect wisdom. So uh, to overcome by faith, how do you do it? Well, remember God leads us. Secondly, remember that God uses circumstances. God uses circumstances. Um, I mentioned this briefly, but look at verse 21. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over what had been done. For this sign of healing had been performed on a man over 40 years old. Nobody could deny that God had done a great work. The circumstance was this. This man's life was changed. Everybody saw it. Uh, there's no denying it. And for them to come against these men would have been to come against a great work of God that everybody acknowledged, and it would show who they truly were. And so they did not do so. See, God uses circumstances. Uh, he, he is able to put us in the right place 
at the right time for his purpose and to use the circumstances. I, I heard David Jeremiah share a couple of weeks ago on his radio broadcast that uh, early in life he wanted to go into media. He studied television and radio and he was, he was learning and, and participating in media uh, outlets and so forth. And then God called him to preach, and he thought, well, I guess I'm done with my media. But then he began to, to put his messages on the radio, on television, okay? And God used these gifts that, that he had developed, not even thinking about the ministry of God, to fulfill God's purpose for his life. Isn't that amazing? God does that. God the people that are in your life are in your life for no accident. I remember there was a there was a man in a previous church. He was just uh, uh, well. I, I'll be I'll, I'll hold my tongue, okay. But there was a lot of trouble associated with this man in our church, and many people have been praying about this this issue. And and there was another lady who was who caused a lot of trouble in the church. And guess what? She went and dressed down the other guy, <laughs> and. Uh, God removed him from that situation through her, and then she left. And we had revival. Can I tell you something? God can use circumstance. The Bible says God even uses the wicked for a day of disaster. Did you know something? The devil's messengers can be God's tools for God's purpose. God uses circumstances. Uh, so, God leads us. God uses circumstances. Thirdly, God controls the universe. I love this. Look at verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together to God and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. <laughs> Did you know God controls the universe? When you're experiencing opposition, perhaps spiritual attack in your life, when others come against you, perhaps unfairly, did you know that God controls the universe? It was just, just a, a number of months ago, I was reading an article, they now have an estimated 200 billion galaxies in outer space. God says, do not I fill the heavens and the earth? Jesus holds all these things together by his power. By him all things consist. Jesus is sovereign over the stars. Every creature that swims in the ocean, how far the ocean goes, the majestic mountains are under his authority and the depths of the sea are under his authority. Uh, the mighty angels of heaven that speak and the ground shake must bow before the sovereign of the universe who is Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? Your problems aren't all that big to God. He controls all of the universe. He'll use those problems because the Bible says God works all things together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. He'll use a bad thing for a good purpose. But he is sovereign over it. And at any moment he can speak and it will be done. 
Do you believe that? So when opposition comes, how do you overcome by faith? Remember who you serve. He's a great, mighty, awesome God. So overcoming by faith, how do you overcome by faith? Remember that God leads us. God uses circumstances. God controls the universe. God thwarts plans. Look at verse 25. You said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of our father David, your servant, why do the Gentiles raise, my, my translation says Gentiles, I like the translation nations raise a little bit because it shows it's more than one nation we're talking about here. The nations rage and the people's plot futile things, vain, empty things. Why? Because any plan that is made against God is a losing proposition. God thwarts plans. Proverbs says, in his heart a man plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. You see, you and I, we may have a plan, but God is sovereign over our lives. But God's also sovereign over the wicked. Did you know that? He doesn't cause sin and wickedness, but he's sovereign over it. And the plans of the wicked that they have against the righteous can ultimately not succeed. And even though persecution may come, even though Christians may be put to death for the name of Jesus, we see in places today like China and Africa and the Middle East that though there is persecution, God's sovereign power is greater. And the gospel is just spreading like wildfire in these places because people are putting their trust in the Lord, and God is overcoming through his people despite the opposition of the enemy. I don't care how dark it gets in America. I don't care how wicked our nation gets. God is still God, and his people are still his people, and we can still call upon his name, and we can still trust him in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the opposition, in the midst of the fire, because he's able. God thwarts plans. Next, God's not intimidated. I love, I love this. Look at verse 26. The, king, <clears throat> the kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers assemble together against the Lord and against his Messiah. This is a quote from Psalm 2. And he goes on to say that the one who is seated in heaven laughs at them. Did you know there's no opponent so big that they intimidate God. There might be somebody who could intimidate you or me, but there's nobody big enough to intimidate God. The kings of the earth take their stand against him. This is the idea of these, these rulers of the world, and we see in the Scripture, we, there's a number of cases where multiple kings join together to come against the nation of Israel and God, they'd call upon the Lord, and God would deliver them. Jehoshaphat said, we are powerless, but our eyes are on you. <laughs> and they, they put the choir members in front. I always thought that was funny uh, because that's the last person I would put in the front of a battle. Uh, you know, I, I used to be a music major, so I can say that. Uh, I wouldn't put the choir in front, you know, but, but they put the choir in front. And the praises of God, and, and God just released his power and their enemies started killing each other. We are powerless, but our eyes are fixed on you. 
kings of the earth can do all the plotting and planning they want to do, but ultimately they cannot stand against the mighty power of our God. So God's not intimidated. And sometimes we need to remember that. What may seem like an impossibility to us is not an impossibility to God. What we can't handle, God can handle. What we don't understand, God understands. When we're perplexed, God has perfect clarity. He is not intimidated by anything that we're intimidated by. He rules in sovereign power. He sits in heaven. You know, I remember when David was David was little, he was about this tall. I had to get on to him for something. I don't even remember what it was. And, but I was kind of getting on to him a little bit. And he looked up at me with his little soprano voice. And he said, do you want a piece of me? And my response was exactly what you just did. I, started, I, couldn't, I couldn't hold my composure. I just started laughing. That's the idea here. The kings of the earth are standing together against the Lord. And they say, look at our armies. Look at our power. Look at our wisdom. And God's up there saying, really, are you kidding me? Really? God is not intimidated. So, um, overcoming by faith, well, how do you do it? Remember that God leads us. God uses circumstances. God can, controls the whole universe. God thwarts plans. God is not intimidated. God foreordains opposition. This is interesting. They're praying to God in, in these verses. Verse 27 says, For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. God sometimes will foreordain opposition. Did you know it wasn't an accident that the Jewish leadership wanted to put Jesus to death? It wasn't an accident. You look at the circumstances of history. Some of you who are history buffs, uh, I've had conversations with you about Pontius Pilate. And uh, the circumstances were such that Pilate was afraid to stand against the Jewish leadership. Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the Jewish leadership, all together plot against Jesus but it's what God had foreordained from before the foundation of the world. When Jesus was hanging on a cross, it seemed to be his moment of greatest defeat. But it was his moment of greatest victory. <laughs> the cross is foolishness to them that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. <laughs> The, the greatest they could throw against him ultimately unleashed God's plan of redemption that could never be overturned. Sometimes God will foreordain opposition. Now, I don't know if God foreordained Goliath for David, but God definitely had something to do with it, right? He fashioned him in his mother's womb. 
Uh, can you imagine meeting somebody nine feet tall on the battlefield? Uh, you know, I saw somebody the other day, I think it was probably about seven feet tall. He stood about like this. I thought, man, that's impressive. Uh, yes, sir, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at Nine feet tall. Could it be that God ordained Goliath for David so that God could put him on the path to his purpose? And David... I love that story. David the teenager. Who's this vile Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And he comes out there with his slingshot. It wasn't a slingshot like you get at Walmart today, but it, you know, it was a little different. You could kill uh, somebody with a slingshot. But <clears throat> he comes out with a slingshot, no armor, five stones. Goliath comes out with the best armor money can buy. He's got this big sword that, I mean, it's just incredible. His armor is is so heavy that probably a lot of people would struggle to even continue using it. Uh, and and he he starts laughing and making fun of David. Am, am I a dog? You come out with this ridiculous stuff that you got to try to face me? Really? Don't you have anything better than that? And he's making fun of David, and David pulls out that slingshot. He says, I'm coming to you in the name of the God of Israel. And bam! And that stone sinks down into his forehead, and Goliath falls dead on the spot. And David goes over there and cuts off his head. <laughs> what, a, what a great moment. Uh, and God delivers the people of Israel through this teenager. But he sets this teenager on his path. And one day David is going to be a king. And not just any king. David will be the king of promise. And God will make that promise that the Messiah would come through him. God foreordains opposition sometimes for his purpose. And he is sovereign over it. Finally, I want you to see God listens to prayer. <clears throat> Look at verse 29. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing. Signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. While they had prayed, or when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. I love the prayer here. It's a, it's a prayer not for selfish interest. Lord, protect us from the Sanhedrin. Nothing wrong with such a prayer, okay, but... It's a prayer, Lord, help us speak boldly. In other words, it would be easy to be intimidated. Lord, help us not to back down. You know, I'm convinced we need some Christians like that today. And amidst all the opposition of this world, who say, we will not back down. We'll not quit speaking in the name of Jesus. We're not going to move to the right or to the left. We're going to be right on the path that Jesus has set us on. They spoke the word of God boldly, but they recognized that they needed God's sustaining power to help them do that. I want you to know something. We can pray and God answers. Listen, there are times that um, we are beyond ourselves in this life. But I praise God that he is always able, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, and he had told us, come to the throne boldly. 
Come with your request. Come with your concern. Come with your burden. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. Don't be anxious, but with all prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God in the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The church was going to go through some persecution in that day. Uh, Peter and John uh, escape it here, but they end up experiencing it later on. And, uh, and the church is greatly persecuted under Saul of Tarsus. God later deals with that problem. And he is saved. What a, what a great story that is. But I want you to know, no matter what we may come across in this life, God is able to help us through it as we call upon his name. And uh, you, can, you can even ask the Holy Spirit to guide your prayers. Did you know that? To bring things to mind to pray for uh, have you ever been in a situation you just didn't really, you thought, well, if I do this, it'll help, and it doesn't help. And Well, if I do this, it'll help, and it doesn't help. And if I do this, it'll help, and it doesn't help. And you think, well, I, I don't know what to do. Have you ever been there? You can call upon the Lord and say, Lord, I'm not really sure even how to pray. Would you guide me through your Holy Spirit in my prayers? And would you let the Lord Jesus Christ, my great high priest, intercede on my behalf? And would you let the Holy Spirit intercede for me with Groans that cannot be uttered. And I want to tell you something. God can work out his purposes on this earth through the prayers of his people. Don't hesitate to call on him. And you overcome by faith. And the prayer of faith is a powerful thing. Um, I want you to know something. I've seen in my family, I've seen uh, people who've gotten away from God and, you know, and... um, I've seen what prayer can do in the lives of people who have gotten away from God. God is a powerful God. And it may take years, but God, as you pray, God can work in that situation and turn it around. Um, I've told you a story about my my next-door neighbor in Texas. and um, In his 80s, gave his heart to Christ. He had 12 children. 11 of the 12 were Christians who had been praying for him and witnessing to him for years. And but finally, in his 80s, he surrendered to Christ. And uh, what an amazing thing. God answers prayer. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep taking those things to God in prayer because God is a, is a mighty God and a good God. And he can work on, uh, as we call upon his name. Overcoming by faith. How do you overcome? Remember, God leads us. God uses circumstances. God controls the universe. God thwarts plans. God is not intimidated. God foreordains opposition, and God listens to prayer. Can I tell you something? If God is for us, who can be against us? Let me tell you something. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, the enemy is against you, but God is for you. If you'll trust him, repent of your sin today, Jesus will save your soul, and he'll give you new life, hope, and victory through Christ. Bible says all have sinned, no exception except Jesus. He was the God-man. <laughs> all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. There are none righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned. Matter of fact, we've sinned so much we can't even keep track of it. I don't have time to get into that. But you start talking about speech and uh, your thought life and, and, you know, what you persist in thinking about in your thought life. Uh, 
we've sinned so much, we don't, we don't have any way of even cataloging it. But I want to tell you something. The Lord Jesus Christ is greater than that. He has a perfect purity and a perfect power. And that's the way, reason there's only one way to get to heaven uh, through Jesus Christ. Because he's the only one who could bear all the sins of all men for all time in a moment of time. And satisfy the wrath of God and the justice of God for all. It is finished. It's paid in full by Jesus Christ. And because of that, uh, and because of his mighty resurrection, we have hope. And we know, as we, he's told us, if we will confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Confess him as Lord. That's to bow the knee to him. That's to surrender or to repent or however you whatever terminology you want to use, it's I lay down myself and my own way to follow Jesus. That's repentance. And I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. You put your trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, and his righteousness is credited to you. And God clothes you in that righteousness so that you're accepted before him. If you need to do that this morning, be my delight and joy to help you with that. And just I'm going to ask you here to come to the front. I'll help you with a prayer here at the front. Or if you just want to tell God in your own words, you can come to this altar um, and, and tell God in your own words what you're, what you're wanting to do today. Uh, but make that choice today to repent and put your trust in Jesus and receive that eternal life uh, right now. Um, if you're here as God's child, then, then take heart. Uh, continue to pray. Continue to... Look at your life and problems through the lens of God's great power, of his great majesty. Um, he is able to help you through. If you need prayer, prayer here at the altar, if you need to come for prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you today. Uh, maybe you just need to come and say, Lord, I've not been trusting you. And uh, I, I just need to confess that to you and ask that you'd fill me with your spirit, enable me to trust you in a way that honors you and brings glory to your great name. Whatever God leads you to do, you come and do it right now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would move and work in this service right now, God. Draw people to yourself. Help us make the decisions we need to make. And if there's anybody here that doesn't know Christ, Lord, I pray that today would be the day. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.